All, All right. right. Do we, hey, is everything? Uh oh. This is why I'm not a parent. Okay, sorry. Has he learned nothing this morning? No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's eating a piece of wood. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, a podcast about a podcast that's too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. It's time for a Monday recap of the latest TBTL shenanigans, and thankfully there's only one week of shenanigans to cover, and those were pre-taped, so we have plenty of room to stretch out and take our time today. And joining me from the Hodges Sabaro Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, it's Meredith, the MBH Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Anne. How's your morning going? Um, it's There's been a lot of stuff going on this morning. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. From Garden View Studios in Buffalo, New York, it's Bobby Birthday Boy. Pape, happy belated birthday, Bobby. Thank you, Anne. Good morning. I am 33. I'm entering my Jesus year. I feel oh my old. goodness. <laughs> if you make it through this year without getting crucified, then goals achieved. Here's hoping. And finally, from Deerblind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchac, Texas, it's the veteran podcaster, Mike Frizzell. As always, thank you for your service, Mike. Thank you, Ann. And uh, I hope you could wish me a happy birthday as well. Because my birthday's in July, so this is my birthday year. Yes. <laughs> so within my birthday year. Oh are we are we in the six month window? I don't think we are yet. No, but I like to celebrate my birthday all year, so we're always in the window. So feel free to wish me happy birthday as well as thanking for me for my service. All right, good to know. The connection's a little rough, but Hillary sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> she must have had a long night. <laughs> yeah. It was a rough one for Hill. Well, the plan today, as usual, is to roll through some LRE business. We'll bring you the week in review, such as it was. We'll clean some house, and we'll let you know how you can get involved with the show. Bobby, take us into some business, please. We have some urgent, urgent business. So urgent that I'm going to start talking over you before you even finish introducing me. Because we got a fax. Oh, my goodness. Cue triumphant horns here. Uh, I will read it. <laughs> A belated Merry Christmas to and Happy New Year to Bobby, Meredith, Christy, Anne, Hillary, and Mike. Thought I would try out the fax number and see if it really worked. I really enjoyed the shows over the past two years. Alan, I'll redact the last name in case uh, privacy issues because Alan signs this. A lurking 10 and a bandwagoner. Alan, we got your facts. The number is real. It really does work, and we really do appreciate it. <laughs> Did he send a picture of his butt, and, though? I mean, that's what we all want to know. No, no butt, sadly. Oh, uh, okay. The, the, oh, no. the signature of the facts includes uh, Alan's 
fax number back, I guess, and um, and a name, and the name is Alan and Donna, and the last name. So perhaps Donna is a stickler about the butt faxing, and you know. <laughs> I yeah. choose to believe Alan has more dignity. You never know who your partner's butt faxing, and I mean, frankly, I don't want to know. Right, but <laughs> this is when you see. I worry a little bit because, you know, it's just like Facebook. When you see a husband and a wife who share a fax number, you know that there, yeah, are, some, there are some trust issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's trouble right there, for <laughs> sure. Um, but Alan Alan mentioned that he's uh, been a faithful or enjoying us for uh, two years. We've been doing this longer than two years, Alan. What, were, we, were you not entertained at the first? <laughs> what did we do wrong? Yeah. Uh, let's give Alan some credit here. He wished us a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to Bobby, Meredith, Christy, Ann, Hillary, and Mike. So everyone but Jeremy. Oh, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, Mike, you really would now. I know. That's pretty sweet. Good <laughs> job by you, Alan. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Alan, thank you for that. And a reminder to anyone else who's interested in getting in on us uh, mildly berating you for your fandom you can fax us at 617-354-8513. And with that, we'll go to an important Jam Tracker update. Uh, Bob Stein has gotten us out of a couple of jams. As always. I feel like Bob's place in Pennsylvania would also be a really good safe house for us. I've thought about that a couple of times. It's it's outside really? of a city. We can all probably get there. Um He'd, he'd probably be very welcoming to us if we all just showed up one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd have bread that he baked. That's the yeah. ultimate getting you out of a jam is like actually getting you out of a jam. Right. It's the apocalypse. Yeah, that's a big jam. <laughs> I go to Jack Taylor's place on the West Coast and Bob Stein on the East Coast. I feel like oh, we've yeah. got it covered on both sides. Definitely. Hmm. Is this a first they came for the podcasters kind of situation? <laughs> <laughs> They can't find me. I'm camouflaged, so. Ha-ha. <laughs> Voice of the resistance. That's what you are. Um, I don't actually have the full jam tracker update to you, Anne. It's okay if you don't. I, I think we can. I do. Ooh. Full jam tracker update. We are up to uh, jam 100. Tracker. <laughs> 103. Jam 0.4 jams <laughs> that we can get out of. And, you know, I don't track the jam debits. On the right. spreadsheet, I just <laughs> track. Oh right! Oh, we have jam, a lot of jam credits. Yeah. So this is just a history of accumulated jams. So that ends up being fourteen point eight jams per person. Yeah, the jam debits seem to roller in right around after payday every yeah. month. You know, when we're just <laughs> we get out there feeling our oats a little bit. Oh, got to call in some of those jams. And yet, most of them are still the Squarespace. <laughs> All right. Uh, Meredith, uh, we were delayed just a couple of moments this morning because of some LRB business uh, having to do with your business. Oh, boy. Yeah. So this is Bear uh, the Kitten has entered his terrible teen years, I think. I think that's what's happening here. You know, right, right before the show, since we're sitting here for a couple of hours and I'm usually... And drinking some water or something. I, I I go to the bathroom real quick before the, before we record, because I don't want to have to interrupt the show. Right. And um, last thing you do, go to yeah. the bathroom. Yep. 
Um, so I, I felt like I was being a responsible podcaster, and um, Bear has really loved to... The bathroom is his favorite room in the house. He loves to play in the tub. Um, I don't know what it is about the bathroom, but he just he loves it in there. So it's w- whenever I go in there for any reason, he follows me. Um, and he was playing around on the floor. I was finishing up. Um, I always uh, close the lid before I flush just to prevent spray. Um, and so in the, the, I don't know, three seconds between standing up and closing the lid, he jumped in the toilet. Um, yeah. So it, it was it a good dive. Was it a clean, did he break the, break the pee water cleanly or? Well, he got his back end in there. So he fully dipped his whole back half in the uh. water. Oh, it's the kitten hot tub. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Did he drape his elbow over the over the side? Yeah, and he made a weird proposition. And I was like, that's very inappropriate. Um, a coconut drink in his other paw? Mm-hmm. I flushed it so he could get some bubbles. Uh, so I had to, um, you know, scream to Gregory to bring me some, some wipes. And he brought me Lysol wipes. And I was like, no, the cat wipes. <laughs> and and I'm holding the kitten over the bathtub, like dripping, you know, he's dripping into the tub. And, um, and I'm also laughing because just yesterday I was saying, God, I hope, I hope he doesn't actually do this. Cause he never looks before he likes to jump onto the sink now and he'll use the toilet as yeah. a intermediate and he doesn't look before he leaps. So just yesterday I was thinking, oh, I hope he doesn't jump in there. Uh, while the 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 lid is open, and today he did, so it was a it was a kind of a comedy of errors this morning. And but I managed to get him all dried off. He doesn't seem phased at all, and I'm sure he will repeat this mistake um, because he keep, he he mm-hmm. keeps making another mistake, which is he likes to play in the bathtub. It's pretty clear when the shower is on, but he will jump in almost every time I turn in the shower. Now he'll jump in there and then act just shocked that he gets wet. And he'll run yeah. out and get, you know, shake himself off and be all offended and look wounded. It's like, you can hear the water, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. So I, I don't think he's learning from his mistakes. So I'm imagining I'm going to have to um, be a lot more careful next time I go. This is the dangers of kitty cat parkour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's really doing a lot of that these days, too. He's launching himself mm-hmm. off walls and off scratching posts with his back feet to get where he's going. He's getting really nimble. It's great. And I'm glad that he's having fun, but I wish it didn't involve pee water. Mike, you say, mm-hmm, like you know. <laughs> the journey is rough. Uh, through the He he seems to be entering the phase that, that uh, Percy was in when we got him and is still more or less in and you know, they, they're learning skills, but they're clumsy and they just jump and try to climb without knowing what's on top of whatever it is mm-hmm. or how they're going to, what they're going to perch on when they get up there. And I've seen Percy fall from heights and they don't always land on their feet. Nope. They rely on their little, like, uh, flexible bones that don't break, it seems like. Oh, yeah. This happens a lot. He'll fall from the top of the cat tree just flat on his side on the ground yeah. or he'll bounce his head off of the little cat condo I have underneath the cat tree. There's, it's just amazing that he hasn't broken anything, but he, he just, it doesn't phase him at all. He'll just get up and keep tearing around the house. I think we have to move on only because if we don't, this, this could turn into a whole series, Yep. <laughs> but do keep us posted. <laughs> I washed my hands really, really well. Just so you know, <laughs> Moving on. Uh, well, we have a throw your phone. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. 
We only have a couple of throw your phones this week. I I think that um, it's a few that speak for many, which is fine. We do have one general note that I wanted to make sure we mentioned before we start the week in review, and this is from Justina. She says, Anne, thank you so much for speaking my truth about the recent music for your weekend choices. Bad bones. Bad. Yeah. I got you, Justina. Bad bones. Bink, 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 bink. <laughs> bonk, 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 bonk. <laughs> These are a few of our least favorite things. <laughs> right? All right, Monday, uh, 2804, Face to Palma. Uh, that, that song, um, favorite things it's back for another week. All right. That's fantastic. Oh man. Um, I'm regretting. I didn't sing it when you got on the line. (laughs) No, I tried to sneak on the line today. I'm I'm trying to keep a low profile today. I don't know why Uh, I feel sneaky. I don't know why. Uh, I, I was looking at my notes and it really confusing for Monday because um, and I, I got to stop half paying attention when I'm taking notes. I either have to not pay attention or not pay attention at all. This half paying attention uh, has gotten me in trouble in that I think that the, the topic is going to be favorite party thrown or attended. And mm-hmm. I think that I thought they played the Jeopardy little teapot song. <laughs> and then there was some talk of the favorite parties and then they went into in my notes. They went into the movies. Did I skip to the next day because wasn't tuesday no, they the talked movie about day? movies um both days i i actually looked at your notes this morning mike and i was like oh no did uh-huh. i write down the wrong day did i write did i take notes on I the did. same yes i did and i i actually went back and I, I listened again to tuesday i was like did i is this the right thing and it is it's fine they just talked about the same stuff on both days oh i'm well, good okay Phew. that means we only have to talk about Not it once crazy. right <laughs> that's fine with me fine with me um the the party that luke remembers is um running fire lanterns through the house for some reason there wasn't a lot of the party talk Marokev's favorite was uh Roden, when Roden's wife beat cancer said that was a fun party andrew i don't think had one because he doesn't like parties even though he seems to find himself at a million parties because <laughs> his girlfriend likes parties um and all his friends like parties. Andrew uh, somehow declares Sean Penn dead uh, when they're talking about Carlito's way. And Sean Penn is really, it's true, he's fantastic in Carlito's way. But uh, as far as I know and everyone else knows, not uh, not a dead man. Because he was Sean talking Penn. about Chris Penn. Oh, right, Chris Penn. Right. Not, not real similar. No. No. One of my biggest regrets of last Very year. Different was not going to Carlito's Way Cocktail Bar, which was right around the corner from our Airbnb in Van Nuys when we were in L.A. I like Carlito's Way. Yeah, but I don't know about a Carlito's Way uh, neighborhood bar. No, no. I, I would go to like a maybe a, a screening, you know, <laughs> an, an Alamo draft, draft House screening or something because right. there are some very memorable lines to it's It's, it's one of those quote-along movies, you know. Can I ask about these mob gangster? Is this really a guy thing? Because I've seen The Godfather and I've seen Goodfellas, but I don't think I've, I haven't seen Carlito's Way or any of the other mobster related movies. I haven't seen Scarface. I guess I, I'm 
lacking on the Al Pacino oeuvre. Yeah. Are these movies for, I mean, are these male fantasies, non-sexual male fantasies? More so Scarface than Carlito's Way. Carlito's Way is is the the classic, you know, guy gangster gets out of prison, try, tries to stay straight thing. A Scarface is, you know, that was like, that was totally a uh, male fantasy type yeah. situation. Yeah, that one's... You know, it's interesting. The Godfather has a place in our house if it's on, if if we're just sort of around on like a Saturday afternoon or something... No matter where in The Godfather we catch it, even if it's, you know, Sam will just be flipping channels, it'll stay on. It's just good background noise because it's one of those movies where we can jump in at any point and we kind of know what's Mm. going on. We quickly remember where in the movie we are and just let it go. Godfather 2 to a lesser extent. And thankfully, I don't think Godfather 3 ever makes it to TV airplay. Seems like they got that on lockdown yeah, somewhere. Well, <laughs> yeah, so somebody paid a lot of money for it to just be sitting somewhere. And I always remind Sam, like, we own the Godfather box set on DVD. We could just put it in, but no, no, with commercials is fine. <laughs> There's something about coming upon it organically in the wild. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're good for that about twice a year. We have a whole list of movies like that. Uh, the Mummy, any of the Indiana Jones movies except the Crystal Skull one. Any of the good, you know, old ones. Um, yeah, if they come on, we'll just, they'll just sort of end up on. Well, I, I, I watched Goodfellas earlier this week just because I just, I didn't like what was happening in whatever football game. And so I just went uh, Channel 1800 and then looked up, you know, all the all the pay cable up from there. And it, it was there. And I always watch it when it's on. Like, yeah, I have it on DVD somewhere, but I'll always watch it when it's on and I would say that and uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure uh, are probably my two favorite movies. <laughs> of all Very time. similar, I find. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm so random. There's that '80s, <laughs> '90s, like like tough guy thing. Even like Casino and all that stuff that I just mm-hmm. like. I, I don't get it. I really enjoyed uh, Goodfellas. I thought that was great, but I'm not like, yeah, I want to see this new Al Pacino tough guy flick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Goodfellas is just so well put together as a as a movie. You can't help but like it whether you like gangster movies or not cuz I'm I'm neutral on them. You know. That's why I like I like Carlito's way more than Scarface because it's more of a movie even if it's a traditional plot. I'm into 80s Ray Liotta. Not into Chantix Ray Liotta. <laughs> but I'm into Goodfellas Ray Liotta. I like it when a man is secure enough to wear eyeliner. <laughs> if you can take down that Chantix, if you can take one of those pills every day, I, I <laughs> congratulations to you because it sounds like they might be the most lethal things on the yeah. planet. From I just figure if you have eyes like that, I can understand why you wear eyeliner. They're beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta accentuate Draw them. Attention. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I guess I guess uh, more movie talk. Luke likes the Big Lebowski. And let's see. That's another one I didn't make it through 20 minutes into it. And I thought, why am I watching this? And I just turned it off. I think I, I had Luke's experience to a certain extent. I watched I watched it the first time and I was like, eh. And then it happened to be on, you know. I, I The first time I like rented it or Netflixed it, you know, in the little 
envelopes or whatever. <laughs> and then the ne- next time it was just on cable and I watched it and I was like, oh, yeah. And then third time I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And so I, I should have trusted uh, it's Coen Brothers, right? I should have trusted them. I liked it. More. I think, um, you know, everybody I went to college with was was in love with it. And I think that kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. And I probably liked it a bit more than I would have if I had just seen it on my own. It is one of those shared experience movies. Yeah. Um, my my side notes are about uh, Isaac. So I guess we'll hit those later in the week when he gets hit a little harder, I think, <laughs> later in the week. Um, Luke tells his Puyallup Fair Bad kisser story and that this is why Isaac comes up because Isaac stole the girl. Uh, who... I wouldn't be surprised if Isaac started the rumors that Luke was a bad kisser before Luke had even laid lips <laughs> on on any other girl because he sounds like that kind of a douchebag. Yep. Let's also remember that women are property and can be stolen and that their mm-hmm. feelings don't matter. True. <laughs> he did say stolen, didn't yep. he? Yep. Or, did, or did I write that? Okay, he said stolen. I just uh, perpetuated that, that cuts both ways. I mean, I love the song Jolene, but... Apparently, men can also oh, be right. stolen. So, mm-hmm. we're dogs. Of course, we can. Um, they talk about how they have uh, kissing uh, confidence issues, but also tipping confidence issues, and it it put me in mind of a, a story. There's um, there's a podcast that Hillary and I listen to. It's it's the Bill Simmons podcast, and at the at the end of every uh, one that he does with cousin Sal from uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show. At the end of every one of those, they do something called Parent Corner, where they talk about some of their bad parenting. And uh, um, every year, Adam Carolla and Cousin Sal and some other people go to Hawaii for a trip. And Adam Carolla is a famously terrible tipper, and he thinks weight people shouldn't make as you know as much per hour as they make wow. when they get tipped really? and all this stuff. Two dollars and yeah, thirteen cents. It's too much. That's he goes on rants about <laughs> amazing. it. Amazing. <laughs> What a position to hold. So they they were they were they were doing like rotating checks, you know, like you pay for breakfast, I'll pay for lunch, he'll pay for dinner. And it was Adam Carolla's turn to pay and it was one of those big, you know, beautiful uh seafood restaurants um in Hawaii and <laughs> and and his friend uh the I think his name's Daniel Kellison, who produces all his stuff. And, uh, grabbed the check out of Corolla's hand, signed for him, and tipped twenty uh, percent, which is <laughs> something that Adam Corolla wouldn't do. And this made Adam Corolla mad enough, but worse, um, his own child, his own young kid, is probably not even a teenager yet. If so, young teenager, and Sal's kid, about the same age, age. At the other end of the table, had both ordered surf and turf at market price. Twelve-year-old <laughs> kids with just feasts being delivered to them for probably, probably well over two hundred dollars um, each. <laughs> and I, I really, I really enjoyed that. So there, there's a. I knew we had time today, so I wanted to relay that story. So it's, I, I knew Hillary enjoyed it. And uh, and I also enjoyed. It. I I like it when people uh, let their kids run wild and their kids like totally take advantage of them. 
Well, he can afford uh-huh. it. I don't feel bad about that at all. No, yeah, he'll have to he'll podcast for one extra minute. Yeah, and that meal will be covered. But but he had not only not only did his kid and Sal's kid order the surf and turf at market price, but he had to tip twenty percent <laughs> on market price. That that was that made it sweet. Uh, as the child of someone who worked in the service industry, I'm a really good tipper because I think about. Bobby fishing lunch money out of my mother's apron in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I end up at dinner uh, somewhat regularly. I've got a couple of different people in mind who I won't name. Uh, a couple of friends and a colleague who are just the worst tippers. And I have found myself on now multiple occasions slipping back to the table and throwing cash on the table discreetly. I do that with mm-hmm. my, my dad. My dad is a very bad tip. He's notoriously cheap. Um, West Michigan Dutch is the stereotype. And he fits it perfectly. And whenever we go out to dinner, there's always a bat. Like, he, he, he will invite me out and say it's my treat. And then he'll see the bill and be like, ooh, uh, can we split it? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, oh, it's no, just it's the, 100% here come, here bad comes behavior. That, here comes Van Harn. Van Harn, he, does he doesn't tip. Yeah. Give, it, give it to the new, new girl. That's right. Give it to, the, to her. Yeah, so he, I will always split it with him, uh, even though he invited and said it was his treat. Um, and then he will do a terrible tip on his half, and I'll get a peek at it, and I'll make up for it on mine. That's perfect. It's yeah. horrible. My grandmother once famously said that you should only tip 50 cents, because if you tip more, they get offended. What? I mean, in Europe, maybe. <laughs> Well, you know, she was from rural Wisconsin and um, old. Well, what what cousin Sal does to Adam Carolla is he in in front of everyone he like loudly asks the waiter, "How many cars do you have?" <laughs> and the waiter or waitress will say one, and 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 cousin Sal will look at Adam and say, "How many cars do you have? Uh, why don't you tip this person?" Yeah, you know. <laughs> Because Adam thinks they're living the life because, you know, he does the hourly math when, you know, he goes to a fancier restaurant. But he doesn't realize that, you know, people aren't eating at canless, um, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. There are limited windows for these uh, full service professionals to make money. Right. Well, he knows they have to tip out all the other staff, right? And they have they to pay taxes. They don't that yeah. whole amount. Yeah. 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 They don't roll out at six a.m. Start serving, start serving full service meals at seven thirty a.m. and wrap it up at six. When I worked you know. at a restaurant, I was in the kitchen, so I made a whopping I don't know eight dollars an hour, um, and we didn't get tipped out. Um, but I would often see my my server uh, colleagues would come in to get their paychecks, and it would be I don't know zero dollars because between taxes and, <laughs> um, uh, I don't I guess it's just taxes. They don't have. We didn't have insurance, so there were no other deductions. Um, but their their checks would be zero dollars a lot of the time. So they lived off tips. Mm-hmm. And that's our favorite party. <laughs> <laughs> they really didn't do that, did they? Did they? I mean, well, they they kind of strayed away from that. The topic bit. fizzled. Right. Well, Andrew can't participate, so it, any party for Kevin is just a chance to corner someone and get him back to his place to watch Def Leppard. Sound laser disc. You know, 3D movie. Uh. 
All right, let's go to Tuesday, 2805, Mr. Interpolation. <laughs> it is New Year's Day. Uh, they start out the show by saying 2818 can fuck right off. And Andrew points out that nobody is ever um, nostalgic for the past year. Nobody really is like, oh, that was great. I don't want that year to end. That's um, a good point. I guess that's, yeah, that's true in my me- recent memory. Certainly the last two I'd like years. I'd like to try. I'd like to try and see if we could have one of those. It would be great. Maybe it's 2019, guys. Um, we're going to have to go back to movie talk, unfortunately. I'm really sorry. But Camaro uh, uh, Kev mentions that he watched It's a Wonderful Life the previous night. And uh, it, it brought to mind that Back to the Future contains many It's a Wonderful Life references and themes. Um, and then they wonder why the druggist even had poison in It's a Wonderful Life. And I, I mean, the unfun answer to that is everything is poison. Right. It just depends on how much you, how much you take, right? Um, I just want to point out that this very hot take. I googled this because I, it seemed familiar, and I just googled something like Gower poison, wonderful life. Uh, the druggist is Mr. Gower, and I find this tweet from 2011, December 24th, 2011. Wait, why did Mr. Gower, the pharmacist from It's a Wonderful Life, even have poison in stock? That just seems like a terrible idea. Luke Burbank. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's working on his material. He's shaping it, Bobby. Yeah. Over eight years. I'm glad it's evolved and gotten so much tighter and funnier (laughs) since then. (laughs) It's good work on his part. Uh, So, yeah, the the topic today is favorite film. Um, Camaro Kev, as we've covered, is Carlito's Way. And uh, we got a great throw your phone from listener Ellen. And she says, I got five minutes into the favorite movie episode. And nope, Carlito's Way is a great movie. But I did my time in my 20s listening to dudes explain at length the merit of their favorite movie. I'm done. I love Camaro (laughs) Kev usually. But in this case, I miss Genevieve. Totally with you, Ellen. I I had a really hard time with this. Yeah, listening to three white dudes talk about how great uh, Big Lebowski is, I I, yep. I had flashbacks to college. At least Luke didn't go into how great Swingers is in any detail again. He almost did. He almost did. I like Swingers. I hate Swingers. I have an answer on that one. <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. Uh, they talk about Sopranos. That's not a movie. Um, mostly wondering how old Tony <laughs> Soprano was, being unable to do the math. On, on the years there. I didn't care enough to look that up, so I also don't know, but don't care. Um, Andrew's favorite movie is Moonstruck. I haven't seen it. Um, it sounds like he's uh, nostalgic about a time and a place he never experienced in New York in the, what, 80s? Um, which sounds like it was just... He was like any mid, any Midwest girl in the in the 80s and 90s, just wanting to go to New York and twirl himself. He's right. not allowed to love Woody <laughs> Allen anymore. Right. So this is the backup. Yeah. Can't watch the Cosby show. Can't watch Woody Allen. Can't watch Louis C.K. What are you bitches going to let us watch? <laughs> um, Carlito's Way. <laughs> I can still watch Carlito's Way. <laughs> you can Way. watch When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Well, that's Luke's favorite movie, but so is Big Lebowski and so is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind because he doesn't have to just choose one. He's the <laughs> There's host. no limits. Yeah, so then they just go off the rails and list a bunch of other movies that they like. I really liked Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but I can't watch it again because it's exactly just, how yeah. I feel. I liked it a lot the first time. Yep, 
it was too it was too much it was too much to watch again it was too emotional and too sad and too bittersweet to watch again Mm -hmm. yeah it was a good experience yeah emily and cullen went to see precious and they were like oh you should see it i'm like oh man just the fact that that movie exists depresses the fuck yeah. out of me. I, yep. Now I'm going to watch it and get all upset. Just from what I know about Precious makes me not want to, like, I feel like I'm good. I got it. Right. <laughs> I got it. You got me. I'll give you $15 yeah, to just not go So I don't it. have to watch it. I would say maybe 15 years ago, I bought the DVD of Glory. I uh, haven't watched it. Still in the shrink wrap because I can't do it because I saw yeah. it when I was in high school and I know what happens mm. and I can't. I can't take the feels from it. So it remains shrink wrapped in on my shelf. <laughs> yeah. Aspirational. You got it. You're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna really feel my feelings again. It's like, no, I don't have to feel those feelings again. Those feelings made me sad and I'm not gonna feel them. Um Camaro Kev mentions Road Warrior and Fury Road and the most recent Blade Runner. Um, and that is his preference and Andrew likes the first Blade Runner better. Um, I think I watched the first Blade Runner when I was a kid and I don't remember it at all. But I did like Fury Road a lot. I did a, I did a, a make your own double header at the Alamo one day with um, uh, Mad Max, Fury Road, and um, Citizen Kane. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird day. What, there's like a cafeteria style? Is it- no, I just went, I just stayed there and went to whatever was next. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, the Mad Max um, in, uh, and then Thunderdome came out like when I was in college, right in that area. So that was a real sweet spot for me. And um, I'm not an action movie guy, but when something's done right, it's done right. And Mad Max was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't get through Fury Road because it's just not my jam anymore, you know. Um, but but i'm i'm sure it was it all paid off if you if you watch the whole thing it just i have hard time hard time watching violence anymore that's how just, i feel about uh, the monster I'm movies too, i like I'm too the empathetic yeah i like the i like the craft of them and i like i like the stories but like watching someone get their ear cut off i just can't really deal with it anymore no. i tried to watch um right. the latest season well i did watch it the latest season of american horror story and i hid under the blanket most of the time <laughs> because it's so gory watch it <laughs> Yeah. Well, now that you have a teenage cat hiding under the blanket means you're just going to get attacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anything that moves under that blanket, your cat <laughs> is going to try to yep. kill. That's true. That's Tuesday. To Wednesday, 2806, Ballad of the Foul Pole. We open with a version of Favorite Things by J-Rabbit, a South Korean acoustic pop female duo who put out their music under the label friends with a Z dot net. Yes, I copy and pasted that entire line straight from Wikipedia so I would get it right. <laughs> you didn't write out the characters? No. <laughs> so yes, the the Korean characters are in our notes, but I can't read them. So Jay Rabbit. Uh, there's a side conversation about yet another movie, Boondock Saints, and whether or not they wear trench coats. They don't. They're actually mm-hmm. wearing pea coats. Uh, and then we get Boondock into a... Saints, that's another man movie, right? Yes. Yes, it is. It is a movie with men in I, it. I haven't seen it. Does that give me points that I lose <laughs> by watching Game of Thrones? <laughs> Probably. You haven't seen Boondock Saints? No. It's very Boston. Uh, 
I like Picos, so I've never I've never had one, but my my best friend in college had one, and I always took it when he was gone. They do. You look very. Uh, you you knock up a notch. You could be wearing sweats and a t-shirt under there, but you look a little classier with a peacoat on. It looks like you might have a job, even if it's just at the docks. You know, so <laughs> women are like, "Hey, this guy's got a steady can income." Afford a peacoat. He he throws fish around. He's got a stevedore's hook. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time they were talking about Boondock Saints, I was picturing the Boondocks that cartoon. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I'm glad it wasn't yeah, just me. <laughs> I was like, "Huh, this not does not same. match up with what I remember about that cartoon." <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it's just a word you don't hear in a lot of context, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Favorite sports moments: uh, Luke's is when the Seahawks beat the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game. That is also the uh, origin, or it's either the origin or the rise to prominence of the Hawks bomb the monstrosity of a drink that included blue vodka. And I think the important lesson we've learned here, well, two, one, uh, the Hawks bomb is just whatever cheap blue liquor is laying around mixed with anything else to spread it out. And two, just a reminder that Luke likes peeing outside because Uh, the Hawks beat the Packers. Well, I mean, it's fine, but I guess I don't. It's not a coat hook thing for me to take a leak outside. Uh, Luke peed outside and looked at a rainbow and was happy after that win. <laughs> Peeing outside is fine if it's necessary, you know? But yeah, if there's yeah, a you toilet do, you right don't do there, it at home. You don't do it in someone else's uh, backyard. Wish. <laughs> uh, this is a soft spot for you, Meredith, isn't it? Because I seem to remember patches of your lawn in Dallas. Yep. Having issues. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Some of the more junior uh, people in Duff's group would come over for parties and just pee, just gleefully pee on the lawn. That's That's, what drunk bankers do. That's right. That's a way to get in with the the boss's wife. Just hands behind your head, just breeze through your yam bag. Uh, How you doing, boss's wife? Enjoy smelling this next time you want to hang on on your patio. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about uh, wilderness peeing. Outside. Oh, absolutely! Sure. Talking about yeah, yeah. go for it. Not, not, not when there's a toilet twenty feet behind right. me. And now I'm just gonna. <laughs> what are you doing again? I'm a man. I pee outside. <laughs> right? Please isolate that. Uh, <laughs> Andrew has a couple of answers. Uh, his honorable mention is the Miracle on Dust. Maybe there were other names for it. This is when Luke and Andrew were RVing, and they were sitting outside the RV listening to the Mariners game on the radio, and an unlikely Mike Zanino home run wins the game for the Mariners. Um, notable for them and probably no one else on earth except maybe Mike Zanino. I hope he kept that ball. Uh, It seems to me that that's uh, when their relationship with Mike Zunino really changed because they weren't kind to him before that home run. And then afterwards, they really seemed to be fond of him. Well, he was a he was kind of a bust for a while when he came up and became quite a punching bag. But then he happened to hit that homer at just the right time for those two dummies who who, you know, were looking for a 
desert coat hook moment, and he gave it to him. Yep. So he, they have to they have to give him a break now. And like the fate of so many Mariners through the years, he's been traded to the Rays. So I doubt we'll be cheering for Mike Zanino yeah, anymore. Right. The the Mariners to Rays pipeline yep. continues. Uh, but you really got to You are the player to be named later of sports. I mean, it just they're all of sports, but to get traded to the Rays is just a a death sentence, really. I anyway. Uh, Andrew's actual favorite sports moment is when the Browns broke their 19-game losing streak uh, after Baker Mayfield came in off the bench for a broken Tyrod Taylor. That was awesome. Yeah. I watched it. It was fun. Yeah. I was one of those dummies texting Andrew, (laughs) bothering him through the whole thing. It was a, a great day for him and for Cleveland. They talk a little bit about the Seahawks Super Bowl win. This is when Andrew was in L.A. And the reason it's not one of his favorite sports moments is because he was drowning in his job at press play. And it was the same day or the same weekend that Philip Seymour Hoffman died. So he was drunk and trying to hold a table and being bombarded with work texts and emails <laughs> about Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, uh, that was that, the. I feel bad for him. He couldn't enjoy that as much as he should have. Yeah, that was the live TBTL recorded during the Super Bowl episode where Andrew just couldn't participate after the game because he was so out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then we get Camaro Kev, uh, whose favorite sports moment is uh, a boxing match, Mickey Ward and uh, Arturo Gotti in his parents' basement. Uh, they didn't box there, but he watched it there on HBO because they had HBO and he didn't. <laughs> uh, this was 2002. I went and looked up the fight. Um, so a not child, Camaro Kev, going back to his parents' house to watch this yeah. fight in their basement. Um, hey, I, no shame there. That was that was such a great fucking fight. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this It's getting all male today, but. But uh, those those guys, they those those fights deserve to be legendary. It all it deserved to be made into a movie. And and uh, I'm I'm not the biggest fight guy in the world, but I prefer it to UFC. Um, yeah, because it seems more civilized, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> uh, Why do they deserve to be legendary? It's just two guys punching each other for a long time. But they punched one another three mm. times, like in three bouts. <laughs> pop culture challenge oh, and watches that i gotta watch the i gotta watch the nutcracker or some bullshit like i've been that. thinking about bringing that segment back but I, I don't think it needs to be subjecting people to sports or uh <laughs> hey i don't really want to fight with mike for another three months <laughs> and then the story of the foul pole just a throwaway and yet it still gets the title of the episode uh andrew galota you'll be surprised to know he was polish hmm Oh, I, yeah, they 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 call him, Gal- I think Galata was how it was pronounced back when I was watching these fights. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, he hit uh, he hit everybody in the nuts all the time. That was that was his move. And it wasn't just some pesky little guy hitting you in the nuts. Um, this is a heavyweight fighter. He was about six, six, probably 260 and just firing a punch into your nuts at every possible time from any possible angle. And uh, that was his thing. And uh and it, it, I don't think I could watch it today, but back in the day, it was hilarious. But that was back when I used to think like America's Funniest Home Videos, you know. <laughs> right. But you know, don't they wear funny. cups? They wear, yeah. There's, there's, you're, you're under some padding there. But, but still, you know, six five, six six, two sixty. <laughs> you're 
there's gonna be that you can only diffuse the damage so much with with whatever you put in front you're of saying it. that's gonna sting unless you put like a tractor tire in front of your in front of your yam bag it's it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt now my favorite part is actually when he runs out into the stands and grabs a football and just chucks it at the groin of his opponent uh that is definitely it for wednesday no, no, I have a story. My favorite sports moment. I have uh, to tell oh, it. Oh, please. <laughs> please. Sports sports fandom. I mean, I went to the Super Bowl with my brother. That was awesome. But Wait, uh, Meredith, are you top. still there? Uh, uh, I'm sleeping. I'm taking a nap. Sh- Shoot, do you want me to fire up a different Zencaster channel? We can go. You guys sure. want to punch out? just go okay. have a discussion. Right oh, oh, yeah, we're going to punch out. out. Ready? Here we go. Okay. They're I guess gone. I'm a log for the ride. Talk, Bobby. I, I told you before, by the way, I don't have a favorite sports moment, really, because as a Buffalo sports fan, I'm still waiting. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're kind of you're still in limbo there. But but you have your stolen Red Sox. Well, they, it ruined it for me because game six of the 2004 ALCS would be mine, except it was Kurt Schilling as the hero, and he is just such a villain. It's like if, uh, if, if Mike Leach was... <laughs> You know, the coach of your right. team when you, you won your national championship, you're like, yeah, but yeah. Uh, okay, so I was I was a little kid. I was in junior high, like 12, 13, um, I think 13. And it was the spring of uh, like 78, 79. Whichever year it was that the Sonics won their, their championship. I think it was 79. Seattle Sonics won the NBA championship. I happened to be at, uh, for a uh, school outing, I was at a um, Bellevue Community College performance of a miracle worker. And I had, um, I had a transistor radio with, with uh, like little earbuds. And um, I kept sneaking out of the play to go listen. And I remember them winning the championship and I was sitting on the stairs outside of that terrible production of a miracle worker and uh just dancing up and down the stairs all by myself and being overjoyed because i was such a supersonics fan uh, my dad would take me to all kinds of games and my mom would be screaming at him and he didn't want to go home or stay home and i couldn't have been more happy as on that day i've had a lot of good sports memories since a lot of terrible sports memories since but uh that, but that was that was the one bobby i hope someday you will get to duck out of some terrible piece of art that uh, you're supposed to be enjoying to uh, enjoy a championship of Sabres or, you know, uh, Bills, Bulls. I Do you, do you find teams. particular irony in sneaking out of the miracle worker to listen to anything? <laughs> to, to, well, I, I would definitely, it would be a work, it would be a miracle of work if the, Mariners ever even made it to the World Series. They've only been in existence for a zillion years now. But uh yeah, yeah, it wasn't it was lost on me at the time, but yeah. uh, not now. All right. Uh do we how do we let them know that their break is over? Do we send a flare? We 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 bang on the back door and they put their cigarettes out and come back in. <laughs> Ladies? Oh, uh chunk. Uh hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> I was just looking at Instagram. Oh, cool. It's weird. I just sat back and closed my eyes. It smells a little <laughs> like pot smoke. <laughs> yeah. Can we, 
getting a little ready for. I was just holding uh, it Thursday for my Friday. friend. <laughs> yeah, I bet you were. All right, Kitchen Thursday. Workers, you know. <laughs> Thursday, number twenty-eight oh seven. The dazzling deeds of Diamond Dave. Uh, we come in with the Luther Vandross cover of My Favorite Things, which I maintain is good because that cat can sing. Agreed. Um, even though Andrew said that we are now in the dregs of covers, which I have something to say about that tomorrow, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Uh, they babble about David Lee Roth for some reason for a while. I don't know. He has a Christmas song, which is like some janky light blues Christmas deal that they play too much of. Um, but that's okay. Feel it like David Lee Roth, he's entertaining, that's for sure. And then they revisit the uh, Chuck Klosterman piece that they talked about last year sometime uh, where he detailed his definitive ranking of all the Van Halen songs. And uh, they are into this because they know that Camaro Kev would... Uh, appreciate that and he did read the whole list and was fascinated well one thing that andrew andrew brought up he was saying that uh um did did closerman do this for like a bunch of other bands or whatever no nobody could possibly do this for a bunch of other bands he woke he grew up listening to and being a super fan of van halen you can't just go like okay now i'm going to take on jefferson airplane no i wasn't listening to that so that's why the piece is so good is because it, he lived this band, you know, for all of his formative years. I was trying to decide how much money you would have to pay me to make me read that article. Would I do it for $500? It's a lot of I mean, of what's my time I, worth? <laughs> I, I was in and out of Van Halen, like in high school, college or whatever. They were very popular back then. And, you know, we did the stupid air band and shit, but it's... I think Diver Down might be the only album I ever bought, and that was the one everyone was saying is the worst. But uh, but if Van Halen, it's fine. And I what I think I I do plan on reading that article sometime because I do have some interest in some of the songs. But I also think that um, it probably it, it probably does stand on its own because because Klosterman's fucking funny and intelligent, and and I I will listen to people babble about stuff i don't know like meredith you you listen to that dungeons and dragons podcast mm-hmm. you know with those guys and it's just it's it's the guy yeah you know i don't care about dungeons or and dragons the, the but voice. they're so yeah. entertaining and endearing that i like the show a lot i've caught emily listen to that and yeah it is it's so great because they're just like they're they are dancing for each other well and their storytelling you know? is good too they've got that yeah going for them as well yeah, so if you're passionate about it, you know, go ahead. I got nothing against Van Halen. I just, every single one of their songs in detail? I mean, that's for I'm, passionate. I'm, that's for Until they go Kev, to Hagar, I, for Anne. I'll yeah. listen to that. <laughs> um, Luke can't say Klosterman correctly. Klosterman, <laughs> Klosterman, whatever. But he doesn't even get close. Yes, that becomes a running joke. Klosternick. <laughs> Bohemofeld. Um they try to get in, <laughs> they try to get Shook. into the top story, but they get sidetracked because Luke wants to know how the diving supply store somewhere in 
Seattle something survived the recession. Uh, yeah. I wonder that about like the aquarium stores or something too, because they they just they just look like no one has cleaned the facade, you know, or no one's dusted off the I mean, they they look beat these places, but somehow I wondered about that that about like ski stores in Texas. Why? <laughs> right. I mean, I know it's for rich people who go somewhere else to ski, but how do you support an entire store on that? I mean, it has to do with whether or yeah. not you own the building or you're leasing, right? Mm-hmm. If you're making a yeah, rent payment much. or a mortgage payment every month, that changes. If if it's some business that your family's owned since 1942, then that's a different ball right. game. A terrible altogether. year to open a business in this country, actually. You never know. Maybe yeah. we're coming out of the war. People need to go skiing. Like who's getting who's getting their like vacuums and TVs repaired these days? It's yeah. Like, the second there's like a anything wrong with my vacuum or my TV, I'm like throw it All right, away. Chuck that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> a Camaro Kev's example is the Granite Curling Club. I suppose I understand that in Seattle is curling really a big deal. Kind of. With a very with very small group of people that are very dedicated, mm-hmm. that Granite Curling Club has been popular for a very long time. But I think it's because it's um, the kind of people that are that are into winter sports uh, often aren't too worried about money. Mm. They, it's a big they, thing they're, here, they're but you can like we get lakes that freeze over for half the year, mm-hmm. so it makes sense to me yeah. that I don't get that in in the Pacific Northwest. Well, there's only the one. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 not like there's, there's not a there's whole a bunch industry of competing curling clubs yeah. up there. The no Granite leagues. Curling Club plays against no. Well, I'm sure there are now because it's hipster, but um, you know, all throughout the years, it was just them playing against teams from Canada and you know the Upper Midwest. And curling, I think, is actually it wasn't them playing against the Tacoma Curling <laughs> Club. Yeah. Curling's on the low end of the buy-in for winter sports, though. As far as rich people winter sports go. Curling yeah. is yeah. like bowling. Once you've got the equipment, eh, it's really just ice time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's air conditioning in the northwest too. Yeah, you got to keep you got to keep that building cool, and that's your main cost. Uh, well, they finally get around to the topic for the day, which is favorite gas station food. I'm out. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. buy food at gas stations Me other either. than candy every once in a while. Well, then candy is. I your mean, answer. not not many people. Not many white people uh, past a certain age buy gas station food. Let's just say that. Right. If I'm going to a place where I may need to stop at the gas station, like on some extended trip, and the way they were talking, it seems more like gas stations in rural areas, not your not your big city gas stations. But if I'm out in rural Minnesota, I've packed like snacks and stuff that I want to bring along with me. I'm not depending napkins, on finding always with a, the napkins right? well of course how else are you gonna wipe your fingers well they were talking about it sounded like it was mostly about hot food right like the stuff that they yeah i don't want to say yeah. prepare because that seems too too generous <laughs> right but they um, specified not unbox. roller food i don't know that i've yeah, been to that many gas stations where there was more than roller food if i need something at a gas station to eat i will get uh, it's very boring i'll get like some un like some mixed nuts and some sparkling water or something. Like it's really. <laughs> oh, good. Can I have a kind bar? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Water, please. Yep. <laughs> no, this is the stuff that was fried at some point. 
and wrapped up in foil and put under a heat lamp for some unknown number of hours. Now, in Texas, God some damn, of the I'm best tacos I've ever had in my life have been from the back of gas stations. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God, yes. So there's that, sure. but that's not a thing up here, really. Right. Every once in a while, but... There, there was the time when I walked into our, our local uh, uh, bodega shell station and got smashed into the side of the door because someone was carrying in a uh, a pig that they were yeah. going to... <laughs> yeah. Completely take apart for our dining pleasure that very day, and yeah, that's not uncommon in Didn't Texas. You have a, so, yeah, it's a whole different a thing tamale here. lady who was also was that a gas station? She, no, she's outside the uh, there's like a neighborhood grocery oh. store. She'd sit on her bucket out there. Well, um, as far as non-warm food, because of course Camaro Kev is a connoisseur of all this stuff. So he has different categories, but non-warm food, it's beef sticks or jerky. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, see, we talked about man movies. That's man food. I don't know that many women who are into dried meat it's, products like that. That's just not appealing. Seems a little off, off brand for, for yeah. the women. There was a, there was a girl that went to my high school, um, that, uh, she chewed tobacco. Wow. And uh, st- straight girl didn't play sports. No other reason. Just chewed tobacco. Smashing those stereotypes. Was, uh... <laughs> I'll snap into a slim gym every once in a while. Oh <laughs> yeah, so I, salty. I like a good um, like a Duke's once in a great while, but um, the actual slim gym. I don't know. I never even liked him as a kid. Just I think the heartburn... I might just have a soft like a nostalgic soft spot for them. Because sure. they're so salty and greasy. Mmm. <laughs> I'd eat one right now. Well, for heated food, Kevin sort of cycles through a couple of things real fast. He starts talking about fried chicken and then a fried bag of chicken gizzards. Ugh. Not judging. Not judging. That, I mean. Well, they don't need to fry the bag. That seems excessive. <laughs> but but I, I, might, I might try the gizzards. There are things that people eat in the South that are cultural that I'm like, ooh, but, you know, if the chicken gizzards do it for you, go for it. Uh, And then he lands on chicken crispitos. Uh, Luke contributes the following to the discussion, that a proper crispito looks like it has a foreskin on the end of it. So thanks for that, Luke. (laughs) And they agree that the sort of magic of these kinds of things is that they're not readily available anywhere, anytime. It's that you just sort of have to encounter them and uh, it's wonderful. But if you could get them at the grocery store or order them on a regular basis, then they wouldn't be so special, which, uh, yeah, that's a thing for sure. Um, Andrew has never bought hot food at a gas station. Of course he hasn't. Of course not. Um, I bet you he would if he worked there, if he achieved his dream of managing a gas station (laughs) he'd probably sample all the foods what did he buy when he was trying to sober up oh yeah he bought jerky or whatever he didn't buy any Mm -hmm. carbs yep yeah he could have used the heat lamp that night (laughs) predictably his favorites are jerky land jaegers that you buy at the gas station andrew and bold check mix 
One of those. I That's can about get on as board bold of. as Andrew is ever going to get his, <laughs> his choice of Chex Mix. <laughs> Luke makes an unfortunate statement at this point where he says that Carrie can, quote, do damage on junk food. Then he has to backpedal quite quickly because she is sitting right there and say that it's not like she's a, a pig at a trough or anything going nuts on junk food. It's just that her metabolism is such that she can consume those things without consequence. And they decide that they'll pretty much blow off the plan for tomorrow because this is such an interesting topic that uh, they'll continue it. And they almost get out of the show, but then Luke says that for whatever reason, he's intimidated by Willem Dafoe, uh, which I understand. He's kind of intimidating looking, although I find him intensely attractive. And uh, Andrew thinks that Willem Dafoe looks like he has bad breath. Okay. All right. Uh, Friday, 2809. More kicks than a chorus line. There's an acapella favorite things opening. Um, the theme is Andrew bag, can go fuck himself. Andrew <laughs> can go oh, fuck himself. Oh. I was going to try <laughs> not to do this, I, but no. Andrew can go fuck himself. Hating on acapella music. Impact, the group that he played, is amazing i knew it was them from the first three seconds because i have i think four of their albums they are so good and they're so talented and what they do may not be for you that's fine but you don't have to sneer about oh Pelegrims, their joke a person who has brought multiple donovan songs on the show has lost the right to criticize other forms of music and consider himself superior has he not seen Pitch Perfect one or two or three? Well, because Genevieve that really turned it. me. That turned me around on acapella. <laughs> I. It's so stupid. It's not for you, man. It's not for you. But that doesn't mean that you need to denigrate it. Your voice dripping with disdain, and it's not because I really love it. It's because he's so rude about it. Mm. I am not. I'm not hung up on feeling sad because you know these two cool people don't like something that I like whatever I don't take any of my taste cues from those bozos but the insecurity and the hypocrisy with which he makes these statements just drives me nuts and let me continue it's pronounced timbre you asshats (laughs) the next topic when they're talking about how Rush Limbaugh has no timber no, it's a common <laughs> musical term. It's pronounced timbre. T-I-M-P-R-E. Timbre. Don't use it if you can't say it. I'm finished. Maybe. I think... See, I... I Did you see my note? <laughs> you better not say anything. Bing, 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 bing. What about it? That's one song. I didn't say that all of McCartney's music is shit because that one song is shit. I said it's not for me and I think it's bad, but I don't insult his talent. All right. Continue. All right. I let me I don't like this. Hang on, hang on. I just want to say I grew up a chorus nerd. I was in my high school jazz choir. I love acapella but i hate the cultural trappings of acapella all of that aside 
it would probably best serve Andrew to remember that nerds are 80 to 90% of the TBTL audience. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's a very (laughs) narrow view of what it is as well, because acapella is not a genre. It's an instrumentation style. You can have it for any genre. You can have it for country or pop or world music, which I know Mike loves, or uh, classical, tons of classical acapella music. So... I believe. I, uh, I believe. I know Luke it's corny. Invoked Manhattan Transfer when oh, trying so to guess good. the artist. Yes, they are. They truly are. They're so good, but I, I understand that there is a sincere and severe level of corniness in a lot of the white guy college groups. But uh, all that being said, the talent to do that is incredible, and Impact is one of the most talented groups there are. There is no way that Andrew could approach doing that. He doesn't have to in order to like it or not like it. But I find it rich coming from a guy who won't even get up and do karaoke to be criticizing musicians like that. As an aside, because I grew up with Rockapella being the premier acapella pop group of my childhood, I wanted to see when they were founded. It's 1986, so the same year I was. Mm -hmm. So that's comforting. (laughs) But the second line of the Wikipedia article, which I didn't even have to open because it just showed it to me on the Google results page, uh, the group's name is a portmanteau of rock and acapella. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Terry Gross. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, but they were the first ones to do it. Right. So there you go. But I just thought that would be a nice palate cleanser. (laughs) Well, this is, I mean... Uh, uh, a friend of mine has uh, preteen daughters, and they went to see Pentatonix live. And both the daughters each have their favorite Pentatonic. I don't know what the singular. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like they know which guy is which and which one they like, and it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it could be worse because when we were kids, when I was young, that would have been which member of 98 Degrees or In Sync do you like? <laughs> mm-hmm. So at least they're. You know, looking at actual musical talent. All right, acapella. <clears throat> I think uh, the. I think I agree. They're very talented people. It's not for you. It's not for you. That's cool. Just like just like cup stackers, they they have a right. lot of talent, and it's just not something that I'm into. Yeah. But you don't have to be rude about it. No, nowhere but my notes. <laughs> um, okay, <clears throat> Luke reveals that his. Favorite gas station food is old fashioned donuts. I'm I'm with him on that. I'm generally not a donut person. It's not not my my choice. Um, I mean, they're way above scones. I'll eat a donut. That's that's fine. But uh, the old the old fashioned that's the way to go. Unless you're having plain and you have a nice coffee to go mm. with it. The, uh, that's my my Larry King. Uh, that's that's my ten seconds on on donuts. Chocolate frosted. I don't love donuts that much. But if I'm doing a donut, I'm not going for anything that comes pre-packaged in a box. I'm going to a donut shop. Mm-hmm. But they're different. They're, something that's made well. They're they're their own thing. Little chocolate donuts from the gas station are yeah. are their own thing. I wouldn't maybe once a year I'll have some, but they are their own. Like I love a good donut, I'm, and I'm not upset about the uh, hipsterization of donuts. But uh, no. a little chocolate donut, it's its own little entity. 
that makes me happy. Are you talking about like the 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 chocolate wax uh, hostess yeah. ones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those those are every once in a while you're like, mm, yep, yep, I can do this. I don't know. Maybe it's like what Luke always says. Well, what he sometimes says, depending on which diet religion he's following today, <laughs> about how you don't get that many calories, so you want to make the most of it. You want to get the good quality stuff. That's how I feel. Those hostess donuts, they just they don't do enough for me that I'm willing to spend the calories on them. I guess I respect them as a snack. <laughs> respect the donut. And we, we're all coming from a different place. Anne probably always has some delicious baked treat in her cabinets right. at home so i'd like to say that know. i agree with you Anne, but every once in a while i'll get a thing of zebra cakes and hide them in my car <laughs> <laughs> that was a good you uh really pass good. up the cosmic brownie to go for the zebra cake oh all, every time yeah. uh carrie remembers some stuff about uh heat lamp food mainly bean and cheese burrito or the barbecue snack which was basically a burrito um i remember those things too that uh you you you'd heat up either at uh at the convenience store or at home and that uh that barbecue one yeah uh luke recalls right it was just like it was like brown sugar inside of a inside of a flour tortilla it was really strange so uh andrew says on friday they would his family would abandon during lent they would abandon their sausages and eat fish <laughs> over each other's sinks <laughs> just one of his best spoofs i thought uh, luke is 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 having trouble ordering um hamburgers cheeseburgers without meat and uh we we this is something we talked about a lot in our lrb chat that uh, why why is this a problem? This is not uncommon. A lot of people are not eating meat and are managing to order their sandwiches without having to take the meat off. You can order it from McDonald's. Christy said she does it all the time and it's not a problem. So why Luke has so yeah. much of a trouble doing it? He's new to this. He doesn't yeah. know the lingo. <laughs> It's because he has to explain everything to the cashiers so they still think that he's cool. Rather than just saying, you know, I'd like a cheeseburger, no meat. He has to make a production out of it. Yeah, because it, it has to be about him and he has to be able to tell stories about, you know, why he's not eating meat or whatever. It's right. Like some bullshit. The, I stopped eating red meat for a while, most red meat, and that was when I was in prison. And that was because the quality of the meat was fucking awful so i would always trade my steak i would trade my burger patty and you could trade your burger patty for everything else on someone's tray because there were so many guys that were like working out and want to do protein and all that bullshit so cheeseburger you know meal lunch or whatever i'd be like you know i'd have plenty of takers for my patty and i would get all of their fixings so i'd fix myself like deluxe cheese sandwich with extra you know tomato onion lettuce all this stuff but that was uh i realized that i i could do that and it you know i, I didn't have to like talk about it i i know i'm not a vegetarian guys it's just you want to eat a terrible meat patty and i don't want to and you're taking it off my hands plus giving me cheese come on now i think there come are on. some That's things when i was a vegetarian deal. i would get um a, a Whopper Junior minus the meat, and there's so much stuff on a Whopper that I couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. 
It makes zero difference. Oh, the Whopper Junior with cheese is yeah. awesome. So I've had a question about this all, I guess, all two days since I listened to this episode. <laughs> For you, Meredith, as a person who is a one-time vegetarian, why do you want to continue to go to McDonald's or Burger King um, if you're not if you're not doing any of the meat? Is it like a compromise? Like the people that you're with want to go? It's sometimes or... that sometimes it's convenience, like a road trip, or I'm starving, um, or I've had too many Taco Bell bean burritos and I'm gonna die if I have another one. Um, In a rental car, but sometimes nobody left any yeah. nuts behind. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you know, it's fries. Um, I would often well, go for the fries, um, and it was nice. It, and and honestly, um, I kind of enjoy a Whopper Junior without. And, and I don't think that the, the, the deletion of meat is, is a detriment at all. I don't think it makes one bit of difference. So I've always kind of liked Whopper Juniors, and that made it so I could continue to enjoy them. Is this still some sort, well, obviously it's a quote-unquote life hack, but we talked about Luke and the, you know, trying to get the virgin drinks versus just drinking something else. Is this a little bit of the same thing where he's he's still trying to have his his burger without actually having his burger. Is this going to serve him well in his quest to not eat animals? Or? I feel like he's just overthinking it. Sometimes you want a burger and, and he can get one that fulfills his requirements. It's not, it doesn't have to be this big thing. I guess. I don't know. He, I've just had it with him and the food talk lately you may have noticed in the chat lately that i've been somewhat frustrated with this yeah because i'm just tired of it oh that was you i'm oh yeah in fact it was (laughs) i'm just i'm tired of whatever new religion he's preaching this week and he's so enthusiastic and he's discovered the secrets and this is it and he knows he can do this sustainably and everything is going to be hunky-dory and he ends up going from no carbs to making his own crackers to only carbs. And I just, uh, like you said, Mike, do it, but just stop talking about it. The thing that really gets mm. me is that he keeps saying this isn't about his weight or his body. It so is. So is. It so, so is. is. You know that he's not saying it, but he is very much hoping that he's going to lose weight on this yeah and that's kind of that's what bugs me a little bit about it I have been there I Mm -hmm. I can't sympathize with him enough on this I have told myself that same lie that I don't want to be so what did he say monastic about it and I want to leave a little bit of room to just live and not be so focused on it all times because it's really hard but I was fooling myself when I thought, I'm just, you know, I'm going to be relaxed and I'm just going to eat things that are better for my body and it's going to be great because underneath it, I was hoping that this was going to be the new way that I was going to get the body that I wanted. And it's just not. Yeah, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. It's a lot more emotional. And he's been obsessed with his body image for so long that I really just have a hard time believing it's vanished. I disagree with you all. I think he's made progress. And... As he is astride his steed during his equine therapy, (laughs) eating his hash brown burger that Carrie has invented for his new all-carb diet, 
I think you'll see the error of your ways. I'd be happy to be proven wrong. I hope I am. I'm so thrilled that he's quit drinking. I think that's the most important thing. I think the fact that he's not consuming all those alcohol calories might Mm -hmm. be enough Mm -hmm. to keep his weight down. So I really hope it works out for him. But I just, oh boy, it's hard to sit through. I I heard a a book being advertised on one of the podcasts I was listening to this morning and it was, it was a, it was a book about, it was a diet book and someone said um, it was rated top 10 in most talked about diet books on the internet in 2018. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Most talked about. Well then. That could be, that could be a range from awesome to horrible. Twelve people died while doing the. Oh, okay. Well, we talked about it here on the internet. Uh, this this diet. So. Right, and he doesn't. He watches one documentary and reads part of a Michael yeah. Pollan book, and that's enough to set him yeah. on these new paths where he thinks that he's figured it out. He doesn't bother to do any real research. Not that he would necessarily understand the research if he did it. So it's. You're right, Meredith. I wish him luck. Yeah. It, it's like the frustration with our our president from the beginning is we know you don't understand anything. We know you're stupid about this. But how about just talking to someone who knows what they're knows what they're doing or knows the subject just for a couple of minutes? Sure. No, mm-hmm. it just never seems to happen. And I get as frustrated with our president as you do with Luke Burbank and his <laughs> diet talk. <laughs> it's like, could, could, could we just talk to somebody for five seconds that knows Mm-hmm. That seems like an equal about? comparison. <laughs> God, I just want a hash brown burger so bad right now. I know. I want that. It sounds I want gross that to me. Yeah. I, oh, I, and I'm not snobby. Listen, I am not snobby about food. I can get down <laughs> with some Taco Bell. But the hash brown burger cuts both ways when you look yeah. it up because some are burgers with a hash brown on them and some are burgers where the hash browns have replaced the bun. Right. Right. I'm fine either. How about way. both? <laughs> hash brown buns around a hash brown burger. It's like that hor- that chicken abomination from KFC. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Is that KFC or Taco Bell? Doesn't matter. Who knows? The I think they made the, a chicken the taco, taco shell? shell. But you know, KFC did the 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 fried chicken patties as bun burger bun. Right. Oh that's, right. That's some cheese oh, and yeah, bacon yeah, between yeah, two yeah. Play, two pieces mm-hmm. of fried chicken. Mm-hmm. That's right. So add a little foie gras to that. Let's see how much further we can go. Favorite sound. Uh, Andrew has an interesting one. He says the street sweeper because it means that he's just <laughs> going to bed very late or very early. And it means that uh, Bob Edwards is going to wake him up. Um, and I think Carrie uh, points out that, that it not only means that he's had a long night you know, out enjoying himself, but it means there's a, there's cleaning going on out in the streets too. Some a real rain has happened. Yeah. Uh, Luke talks about the helicopter. Uh, I don't remember that story. So, Heli- you mean the train? Good luck with that. The train he thought was a helicopter. Oh, <laughs> oh, right, right. Was was that the ghost train? The mystery train? No, it's a different train. But he just related it. Didn't he? Oh, okay. It was that Bellingham train yeah. that he 
he thought was the sound of a helicopter. And at one point he said to a bunch of people, oh, here, there's that helicopter again. And they all looked at him and said, oh, you mean the train that runs right across the street? <laughs> oh, yeah. So he had his own Goodfellas thing going on. Must have been mid, uh, weighing out all his cocaine, thinking the helicopters <laughs> were coming. So Carrie's, Carrie's favorite sound is a fire crackling, which is pretty good, as long as you know that it's a fire that you've deliberately uh, set. That's true. Uh, someone they usually are. It's contained. I have fire crackling is not a good sound for me when I'm trying to sleep because it takes me about seven minutes to put my legs on. So uh, any fire <laughs> happening in our house uh, means curtains for old clip clop. You know, what's sad is, is a sound I really um, used to enjoy is, is um, a thunderstorm at night. You know, the rain on the on the roof and yeah. it was really nice and relaxing. But then... Um, the, the late great Molly was very afraid of rain. So she would get yeah. very upset during during storms. And I still get anxiety. I mean, she's she's been gone two years. And I still get anxiety when I hear rain at night now because I associate it with her getting so upset. And she would pant and j- climb up on the bed and stand on my chest and drool on me. And, you know, it was Ooh. it made me so sad for her that I, I still kind of have a little bit of that. And I hope that it goes away. It's starting to, but... It's kind of a bummer because it's such a nice Aww. sound. It used to be so relaxing. Yeah. Camaro Kev talked about the sound of the rain on the roof and how, especially if it were like Saturday or Sunday and, you know, you were going to have to go just do some outside task you didn't want to do. Yeah. Oh, I guess <laughs> like, I can't. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, too bad. <laughs> I guess I got to watch some football. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I think it was Carrie that made a really cute olive voice, something about guys, you know, olive wanting to be included in right. something, but it's, uh, it's lost to me now. I remember it being very cute in the moment. Mike, this was excited. less than 48 hours ago. Uh, my boss has been busting my balls. Oh, I'll just be I hear honest. You. I barely am able to listen at all anymore, so... There's no music for your weekend. Um, thank God we were spared from that. Blink, 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 blink. I like you doing it better than I like the actual song. Ah, uh, because you know it'll end when I'm doing it. Your, your synthesizer impression isn't very good. I'm thinking we need to get three or four unaccompanied college-age men to sing it with Mike. <laughs> nah. Some sort of pop orchestration. I bet you there's one oh, out there. Man. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've, I've been wanting I've been wanting to buy some styrofoam hats, so that's you know, luckily, um, there's opportunities presenting itself. Housekeeping. You can buy things from us at littleredbandwagon.com. You can archive past episodes of TBTL uh, by reaching out to us. Talk to Christy. Shoot us an email, text, fax, whatever. We'll get the word to her. And uh, you can jump in. You can buy things from Amazon, uh, which you were going to do anyway, by going to littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. Then when you do it, um, they send us some of your money. It doesn't cost you any more of your money. It just gives slightly less of your money to Amazon. They shave a few of those sweet pennies off and shuffle them over to us so we can get out of some jams. We can get on board with less money for Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Earbuds and Earworms, uh, the current episode up is the 808 Grab Bag. Uh, just some great songs. But uh, next week will be uh, probably about the time this posts an episode about aspirations, intentions, and goals, songs to kick off your 2019. I did uh, write in about um, songs about aspirations, intentions, and goals. I, I posted on their Facebook page. But I posted a song that I did not want to hear about aspirations, intentions, and goals. And that was uh, the Proclaimers. And I said I would walk 500 <laughs> miles, and in this case, 650 miles, because that's the distance between here and Austin, uh, here in Memphis, to stop them from playing that song on the show. So That's a good song to do a cappella. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you I saying can't wait you would what the outro music is for the show. You wouldn't heave her? Uh, <laughs> no, I've never been heavering. <laughs> never, never done it. Not that there's anything wrong with it. If, if, if that's for you, then you definitely do your acapella, do your heavering. All right. We need to get through this show before Bear chews through the uh, my mic wire even more than he already has. Our website's littleredbandwagon.com. Send us your uh, throw or hug your phone moments at throwyourphone.com. Visit us on Facebook, our page, or the Stens page. Our show Twitter is LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 432-8285. Fax us. It actually works at 617-354-8513. Send your butt. And Hillary? with that, Anne. <laughs> Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. Jen, we love you. And if you have a fax machine, I'm just saying. Fax us Jason's butt. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that too. <laughs> is it me? I guess not. Well, you do it. <laughs> no, no, you're halfway there. Should I count us down? Yeah. Let's all do it. All right. All right. And 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 come on, people. Yeah. You let's, gotta clap. Let's it's practice. Not... Okay. Yeah, it's three, count... two, one, clap, clap. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Yeah. Okay, but not that fast. No. Your speed. All right. All right. Three, two, one. When I wake up, yeah, I know who I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know who I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, yeah, I know who I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the man who gets on next to you. And if I have yeah, I know who I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the man who's saving for you. But I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more Just to be the man who walks 8,000 miles to fall down at your door When I'm working, yeah, I know who I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who's working out for you And when the money comes in for the work I'll do I'll pass almost every penny on to you when I come home, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's coming home to you. And if I crawl, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's coming home with you. But I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to be the man who falls a thousand miles to fall down at your door. Ba, 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 ba
With you, when I go out, you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. When I come home, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's coming home to you. Nailed it! Oh boy, <laughs> Jesus! Uh, nightmare. We're terrible. <laughs> I'm going to tweak it in the edit so that it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Make it sound stupid. 